me take a step back. <laughs> I made that. With your very own. Jesus, we bless you, we magnify your name on this morning, Lord God. God, we come to commune with you, God, we come to sup with you, we come to worship you. God, we come to be in your presence on this morning. Father God, for we are nothing without you, but with you we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. So God, we thank you on this morning for being Abba Father. We thank you on this morning for never leaving us nor forsaking us, God, for our seeds not begging for bread. God, we thank you that you are our peace, that you are our joy, that you are our heart's desire. God, we thank you on this morning that you are loving and you are kind, you are just and you are righteous. God, we thank you on this morning and we love you, Lord God. We love you because you first loved us. God, we love you with an everlasting love. God, we love you on this morning, Lord Jesus. For you are sovereign. You are king. You are daddy. God, we love you on this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. So we'll worship your holy name on this morning. And we'll make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And we'll serve you with gladness. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. And we'll worship you, God. We'll worship you, Jesus. Yeah, we'll worship your holy name. Bless your name, God. Bless your name, God. So today is Wednesday. And we declared it to be Waiting While You Wait Wednesday. Which started out as our day of fasting for those who are not even sure where it came from. And today is July 19th. 
and we have just a few more days left in this seventh month before we spring into the eighth month, the month of new beginnings. We've been on this road for some six and a half months and God is getting ready to do a new thing. Shall you not know it? So in these last days before we get to July 21st, I beseech you, brothers and sisters, to ensure that you are anchored to the Lord. Be sure that you know how to call upon him for yourself. Be, be sure that you know how to enter into worship for yourself. Be sure that you have gathered your um, arsenal so that you can bombard heaven for yourself. My prayer is that we've not been on this journey all these months and you've not prepared yourself to fight for yourself, that you've not prepared yourself to fight for your family, that you've not prepared yourself to fight for your children, for your job, for your health, for your, um, uh, your, your mental well-being. We got to stop entertaining the enemy and begin to take authority over it, him, she, alcohol, drug addiction, depression, oppression, whatever that thing is. You got to stop entertaining it. Stop having a, 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 a one of them play dates with it. Listen, we don't do that. Take authority over the enemy. So I pray that you have gotten yourself enough arsenal so that whatever God is getting ready to do in the eighth month, you'll be well prepared, well prepared, well prepared. You have, I, I was just, getting, I'm getting ready to turn it over to Serena. Um, you have 12 days before the eighth month, which represents the month of new beginnings. What will you do in the next 12 days intentionally that will prepare you for what you're going to walk into in the month of August, the eighth month, the month of new beginnings? Will you be prepared for new beginnings? Have you gotten your house in order for the new beginnings? Have you gotten your mind together for the new beginnings? Have you gotten your finances together for the new beginnings? Are you physically ready for the new beginnings? Are you mentally prepared for what's getting ready to happen? For eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Listen, I'm telling y'all, you better get ready. You have 12 days. So my push to you all on this morning as I bring Serena on is to do what is necessary in these next 12 days and do it intentionally. Yesterday, Swamika gave you nugget after nugget after nugget after nugget as to what happens when you, one, take authority over the enemy, two, sit 
in his presence. Three, write out scripture. Be an arsenal of scripture so that you can stop entertaining the enemy. Be intentional in these next 12 days. I'm telling you, God is getting ready to shift some stuff. And if you're unprepared, you're going to miss it. Don't miss what God is getting ready to do in the eighth month of this year. Serena. Hey, Amen. I'm not missing it, ladies. I declare and decree that neither one of you will miss it either. I bless the Lord this morning. Denise, I bless God for your life. I thank God for this platform. I thank God for this ministry. It has definitely made a difference in my house. It has definitely made a difference in my own perspective on how I see and relate to things concerning my marriage. So I thank God for this platform. I thank God again for just the sister wise. You guys have been very supportive. You guys have been loving and it has been an experience, an experience that I wouldn't trade for nothing. And I, I started this journey. And when I entered into this season that I'm currently in and waiting for God to answer, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, don't let my pain be in vain. You get the glory. So ladies, make that your plea to the Lord today. I don't want to keep us too long today, but I'm coming a little different today. Um, the Lord wants us to discuss about standing for the prodigal. I know many of us are believing God to move in the lives of one of our loved ones or even perhaps maybe in our marriage or our, for our children, maybe a co-worker or maybe even for yourself. But the Lord dealt with me this week because he says, I need you to tell the women that I need them to stand for the prodigal. However, I need them to make sure they're not the prodigal. So today we're going to discuss, are you praying for a prodigal while you're yet still one yourself? I want us to go from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 and 32, but I'm going to play the entire chapter of Luke 15. all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the youngest son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. 
So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Jesus. Amen. So for you who do not know the parable of the prodigal, now you are aware. So I just want to bring to your attention really quick before I go into the lesson. Um, there's three positions. We have the father, we have the older son, and we have the younger son. I want you for a moment to take a thought back and just see where do you find yourself at? So I'm going to ask the question, where do you find yourself at in your father's house? Are you in the position of the father who has a heart of compassion? Or do you find yourself in the position of the older brother with resentment and jealousy and, and confusion on why you've been doing so good and now all of a sudden they get all of the rewards? Or do you find yourself in a position of the prodigal, the one who squandered all of his findings and his goods and, and just living a wayward life and just actually walked away from the divine grace of God? Where do you find yourself at today. Because it's important, ladies, that in this season of standing for the prodigal, you have to make sure you're not the prodigal. The Lord wants to make sure that our heart's condition is correct. He wants to make sure that we are in a not praying amiss. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
if we are in a position of still being a prodigal ourselves, we're praying amiss. Everything that we're bringing to the Lord is amiss, is not properly put in order. So this morning, I ask you, are you willing to come back to your father's house? Are you willing to open your arms with compassion to those that you're standing in the gap for? Are you able to really say, I'm standing for the prodigal and no, I'm not a prodigal myself? Can you have a heart of compassion as the father did? And can you realize that maybe everything is not going to work out good? Everything is not going to work in your favor all the time, but God is God. And he's perfect in all of his ways. So this morning, I want us to know that, yes, prodigals may be unsaved or even backslidden Christians, but that's not the point of this parable. The point of the parable is to point out the position of the father's heart. It was full of compassion. I want us to ask ourselves, who is your father? Who is your father? Do you really know the characteristics of our heavenly father? What is your perception of our heavenly father? Is it one of vengeance and judgment? Or is it of love and compassion and forgiveness and mercy? How do you perceive God? That matters on how you respond. That matters on how you stand as a prodigal. That matters on how you stand for the prodigal. What is your heart's condition and what is your perception of our Heavenly Father? Are you the prodigal? Just perhaps maybe you are the prodigal thinking that you're standing for the prodigal. Well, sis, let me help you. What's your heart looking like? I'm going to go off my note. I'm, I'm not even going on my notes right now. I'm going to just step off because I just need to let the Holy Spirit speak. But I just want you guys to know that what is your heart looking like? We see here in, in this parable that the young brother came to his father. He wanted all of his riches and all of his inheritance. And the father gave it to him. Have you too wanted what God has inheritance for you before it's time to get it? How are you responding? to the things that you know are rightfully yours, but it may not be season for you to get them. Are you demanding them ahead of time? Are you expecting God to move in your marriage, move with your children, and you have not done the work yet? Are you willing to do the work? Are you getting up, reading your word? Or are you only showing up here on Wise War? Are you only putting in the time to come and to sit in this arena with the otherwise, or are you intimately putting time aside to sit still in his presence? Are you taking a scripture a day, even if it's just one, and allowing the Holy Spirit to meditate and to give you revelation on that one scripture? Are you applying what you're hearing? Or are you just showing up and you're just hearing what you're hearing and it's going in one ear and out the other? Do the fruits of your life show the reflection of your commitment when it comes to your dedication with your quiet time? I'm going to ask you again. Do the fruit of your life show proof of the dedication that you have with your Lord? Ladies, we're standing in the gap. 
we have to be right ourselves. So before we can stand for anybody else, we have to stand for ourselves. So the Lord wants us to be right. Are you the prodigal? Are you the one who walked away? Or are you maybe the one that you find yourself in position of the older brethren? Where you say things is not right. Wait a minute. I've always been here, Lord. I've been here. I've been faithful. I have not walked out of the marriage. I have not been unloyal. I have been consistent. I have been prayerful. I have been in your face, Lord. It, why me? Why I got to be here? Why I got to go through what I'm going through? But Lord, why they get to? Is it anybody else but me? Because I got to say that I found myself here too. Lord, but why? Why, why me? What did I do? But they know God says, I'm trying to work something out in you. I'm trying to do a new thing in you. Stop looking at them. Now I need to work out the prodigal in you. So are you willing to allow the Lord to work out the prodigal in you? Because it's not about them. The Lord says, will you see my heart? I, I, I know the transgressions are great, but will you see my heart? I know it's not fair, but will you see my heart? And will you allow me to be God? Will you allow me to restore? Will you allow me to deliver? Will you allow me to correct what needs to be corrected? Ladies, let's move out of God's way. Let's let him be God. The first thing we must be sure of is that we're not standing for a prodigal and we are still a prodigal. The Lord will hear your prayers. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he don't hear our prayers, but I'm telling you the truth. You're praying amiss. And it may take a lot longer to get around that corner than it would normally had you had to just sat down and ask the Holy Spirit to come in and to remove those things that need to be removed. So, the heart of the father. That's the that's the whole point of this parable Jesus gave was to show the heart of the father, our father. We see that the son took his belongings. He ran off and he lived carelessly and he squandered all of his belongings. He came back poor. But when he came to his senses, it says, it says when he came to his senses, he realized that even his dad's servants weren't starving. So it would be better for him to return home. Let me remind you that the prodigal you're praying for, they're experiencing this same situation. If they haven't yet, they will. If you are the prodigal, you're finding yourself in the middle of the wilderness and you have nowhere to go but back home. Believe me, it's not to kill you. It is to develop you and to draw you back unto God. He says, come back my daughter. Come back, my son. He says, I have open arms. We see in the scripture that the father saw his son far off and he ran to his son with open arms. The Lord is waiting for you with open arms. He's waiting to come and to embrace you with compassion. Come, my daughter, let me heal your broken heart. Come, my daughter, let me restore the brokenness. Come, my daughter, let me heal all of the broken things inside of you. Are you willing to go back to your father's house? Are you willing 
to allow him to embrace you. And then, ladies, if you are the one standing in the gap for the prodigal, I'm going to ask you, are you willing to embrace them today? Today with compassion. Not after they've gotten it together. Not after they've been delivered. Not after they've been set free from drugs. Because see, we see in the text that the father embraced his son just as he was. As the prodigal, the father embraced his son. Are you willing to embrace your loved one? Are you willing to welcome them back? No stipulations, no strings attached. And if not, sis, step back and ask yourself, am I the prodigal? Am I the prodigal? Because if we're not operating with the heart that Christ has, with the heart that the Father has, the one that Jesus gave us the parable to expose us to the true genuine heart of our God, if you're not demonstrating that, imitating that, then we got it wrong. We are to be imitators of Christ. What you looking like? How we looking, sis? Are you imitating your father? Do we have a heart of compassion to, for those that have abandoned us? Those that have rejected us? Those that may be on drugs, those that may have ran off and swandered our money or stole or hurt us in any shape, form, or fashion. Do you find yourself now able to have a heart of compassion? But sis, let me tell you first that if you're not a particle now, you were one at one point. Let me remind you that we all have sat in that seat of being a prodigal at one point or another. And the Lord and the Heavenly Father that we serve have opened his arms and embraced us with compassion. He has flooded us with his grace and his mercy every single day, even on days that we didn't even look for it, days that we didn't deserve it. He was there. He is still there. So he has embraced us. Who are we to not embrace him and those that he's called us to? Yeah, I know. I know. It's hard. Easier said than done. But again, ladies, nothing is impossible with Christ. Nothing is impossible with Christ. Ask the Lord to help you. He's our helper. The Holy Spirit is available 24-7, 365 days a year. There's not a second, not a moment of the day that you cannot ask for his help. And he show up. And he show up well. And let me just share something else. If you're standing for a prodigal, remember, says you can't hold his past or her past or they past against them. God don't hold our past against us. So in your standing for your prodigal, what your heart looks like. Are you offering forgiveness? Have you already received forgiveness in your heart? For that person? Have you already asked God to go before you to help you forgive even those things that you don't yet know about? Have you asked him? Because he's able. He's able. Lord, help me to forgive those things that have not even taken place yet. 
So Lord, I ask you to help us to forgive. Help us to have a heart that's like yours. Help us to have a mind like yours. Help us to love the prodigals like you have loved us. Help us, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We cannot do this in and of ourselves. We can't do this by ourselves, lady. This is a race that we have to stay hand in hand, tied together, tied together with the Christ. We can't do it without him. We can't do it without him. So I ask you, what's your heart look like? Are you able to forgive? I sit here today and I share with you that I had to forgive even just on Monday. Even just on Monday. But I can tell you that the Holy Spirit, this is where it comes in when you got a real relationship, when you're intimate with him, when you're intimate with the Holy Spirit, he's gracious. He comes and he warns you and he prepares you and he equips you. So on Sunday, I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to me and he says, do not be moved by what you see. The Holy Spirit ministered to me all week long. Do not be moved by what you see. Ladies, are you listening for the Lord in your daily walk? Are you looking for him in the weather? Are you looking for him in the TV stations that you're watching? Are you looking for him in the people that's surrounding you? Are you hearing the Spirit of the Lord speak to you? It's not only just in his word. He uses many things. And he spoke to me. And he said, do not be moved by what you see. And I kid you not, on Monday morning before I can get out the bed, when I looked at my phone, I was hit with the enemy, which would have threw me all the way off, all the way off. Understand me. But glory be unto God, because I have a relationship, because I have sat in his presence, because I refuse to pray amiss. Because I'm not in this thing just to be in this thing, because this is my life and this is real. And I got to get this thing, not for my marriage, not for my family. I got to get this thing for me because God has a purpose for Serena that will be completed and fulfilled before I take my last breath. I'm dying empty. Anybody else dying empty? I won't die full of what God has given me to give out. I'm going to die empty. And I'm going to die empty standing for any prodigal that he calls me to. And I'm going to stand and receive them with compassion. As the father has received me with compassion. So for the child that's wayward, I got some myself. I'm standing there with my arms wide open with compassion, welcoming them back home. Are you willing to open your arms with compassion and welcome them back home? The Lord does for us. And he doesn't tell us, go get it right first. He didn't say, no, can't come home. Still got an addiction. Nope. Can't come home. Still dealing with that unforgiveness. Nope. Can't come home. He still ain't repented all the way. Nope. He didn't say that. The father accepted his son and embraced him with open arms, with compassion, before the son had a chance to say one word. Are you willing to return back to your father's house? Are you willing to return back to your father's house so that your loved one can return back to the father's house? Are you willing to be the hands for your father? Are you willing to extend the compassion in the physical, in the earthly realm for your prodigal, for the heavenly father? Are you willing to do the work? 
We got to do the work, ladies. It's not easy. It won't be easy. And yes, the enemy will come to try and knock you off of your feet. Stand. Stand well. Stand strong. We know that there was another character in this, and it was the older brother. We got the prodigal son, the youngest one, and then we have the prodigal son, the older one. Let's discuss that for a moment. You may not have heard it in this context before. The older son, who was there and remained with his father and did as his father said and obeyed and respected his father, still, in the end, resembled a prodigal. Why? He was a prodigal because he did not have a heart of compassion. He was a prodigal because he did not have the heart of his father. There was jealousy. There was envy. There was strife. They don't deserve that. He didn't deserve that. Why he get that? Are you sitting over there talking about they don't deserve that? The boss got that position. They got that position and I didn't get it. They don't, why they get it and I didn't. Stop. It says that'll put you in the place of a prodigal too. Again, check your heart. What are you facing today? What real life situations are you dealing with today? And are you reflecting the heart of our father in heaven? God wants us to get this thing, you guys. He wants us to be able to have our prayers manifested. He wants us to see victory. And he wants us to see victory soon. One thing that I've realized is however long you remain in the wilderness depends on how serious you take in this call to your purpose. You're in the wilderness only because you're on your way to your purpose, to your promised land. So however long you stay in the wilderness depends on how long and how well you take serious reading, studying, practicing, applying the word of God. I'm not remaining in the wilderness. For those of you who are waiting for your spouses to come home, ladies, what's your home looking like? Are your finances right? Is your heart right? Have you forgiven? Is your house clean? Let's just go back there. Is your house clean? Starting physically. Do you have space to even think in your own environment? Is it a welcoming environment for your husband? Some of us need to get in there and clean up. Clean up physically in order for you to be able to clean up mentally. We can't function in a mess. Your mind can't operate and have the things of God with clutter everywhere. Clean up your house. And then clean up your heart. And then clean up your mind. The Lord is waiting on us. Ladies, we don't know how much time we got, but we know we are already embarking up on the eighth month of this year. And I know I'm not the only one that seemed like it was just yesterday that them fireworks was going off and we were saying Happy New Year. We in fast forward. We are in fast forward. You better get it right. Because when 
Jesus come back, you want to have your oil. Don't be the bride's groom without your oil. I can't share no oil. I ain't sharing none. I told my daughter yesterday, you better have your own because I can't share none. Because if I share mine, I mean, I ain't going to make it. I'm making it. Each man for themselves. So clean up your house. Clean up your mind. Clean up your heart. Start reading and really applying the word. Is To read the word and to not apply it is like chewing and not swallowing. I think I posted this the other day. Who chews food and not swallow it? Why are you chewing on the word and not swallowing it? We need to be chewing on it, swallowing it, and regurgitating it. Chewing it on it some more and then swallowing it again and regurgitating it again. Consistently. God can give you a thousand revelations in one scripture. That's the God that we serve. Have you seek God every day for one revelation out of his word for one scripture a day? You'll be a much better person, a much better wife, a much better employee, much better mother, much better child of God, woman of God. Apply it. Ask yourself, have you rebelled, turned away from God, or simply put the trust in things of the world? Have you created any idols for yourself? Ladies, let's talk about idols. Idols are not just man-made things. Idols can be people. Idols can be yourself. Idols can be your phone. Idols can be anything that you esteem above God. So many of us saying, I don't have idols. I don't have any idols. Well, stop and think for a moment. You may not intentionally have any idols, but when you wake up in the morning, do you pick up your phone or do you pick up your Bible? You may not have any idols, but when you wake up, do you greet your husband or do you greet the Lord? First, you may not have any idols, but when you go to bed at night, what is your last thought? Your children or is it the Lord? Is it how your day went and how you pleased the Lord or what you could have did different to been closer to him that day? Or are you going to bed thinking about all the million of things that we can think about in a day? Those small things can become idols. Be careful not to have idols. Having an idol, worshiping an idol will separate you from God. It'll put you back in the place, in the position of being a prodigal. Remove those things. Nothing should come before God. Nothing, not even your husband. When you waking up in the morning, your first thought should be to embrace come with the Lord, with your emotions, with your love, with your compassion. Lord, I love you. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, King Jesus. Not looking over to your husband, not kissing him, not touching him, not none of that. As if he's not even there until after you've greeted 
your father in heaven. What you looking like? Do you have any idols? Idols can be grief. I see that. Yes, it is. How are you holding on to that grief? Are you dealing with it in a healthy way? Are you grieving healthily or are you grieving in a worldly way? Because grief hits us all. But there's a good way of grieving and there's a bad way of grieving. And to grieve with the Lord is the only way to grieve. So if you're not grieving with the Lord and you're holding on to that grief, it will become an idol. And then you'll start to wake up and the first thing that hits you in the morning is that grief. The last thing you're thinking about before you go to bed is that grief. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. God never refuses to welcome us back, no matter how many times we have been, we've rejected him, no matter how many times we've abandoned him, hurt him, or betrayed him. Who are we? Let me just say honestly right now, if your prodigal was to come home, your prodigal spouse, your prodigal child, they come home and say, mom, I need to come in. I need to come home. Honey, I, I'm here. Are you? in a position today to welcome them back as we see the father has welcomed us back every time we've portrayed him, every time we've rejected him, every time we've walked away. Are you able to have the heart that the father has concerning his children? If not, ladies, we hypocrites. We're hypocrites. God says to treat those others as if you want to be treated the way you want to be treated. How are we expecting God to forgive us and we can't forgive others? How are we expecting God to accept us and embrace us with compassion when we fall and slip and make a mistake and we can't forgive and have compassion towards others that fall and slip and make mistakes? We see that the prodigal was not perfect. And we see that the prodigal didn't have to leave home and squander all of his goods in order to be considered a prodigal. The son that remained was a prodigal because his heart condition wasn't right. Is your heart condition right? So if you're standing for a prodigal and you believe in God to deliver, to set free, he is able and he's willing, but he want to set you free first. He want to deliver you first. So take some time this week. Take some time today and really, really apply what you've heard today. Am I a prodigal? Well, I could tell you that he welcomes us back with open arms, with full of compassion. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So if you find yourself maybe wandered off, maybe you your heart position is not correct. Maybe you're saying, I am looking a little prodigal-ish over here. Repent. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. Have mercy. Help me not to remain as a prodigal, but give me a heart of compassion. Give me a heart to receive and to love and to forgive those that you've called me to. And he'll do just that. 
He's perfect. There's no failure in our God. God sees the heart of a man, not simply our actions. We can say we are a child of God all day long. We can say that we love them and we wish them the best. We can say that we're standing in the gap for them. We can say that we want the best for them. But if our actions is not showing that. Hmm. Are we really? God wants us to take a self-evaluation so that we no longer remain prodigals, but that we will be able to ground ourselves and equip ourselves to be able to stand effectively for all those that he has called us to stand in the gap for, whether it be a family member, a loved one, or a friend, a coworker, or even a stranger. Are you willing to do the work? And will you be found in right standings with your God? Are you in the house? How are we going to stand for the father and, and embrace the prodigals if we're not even found in our own father's house? How are you found in his house? By remaining in his presence. By supping with him. By seeking revelation through his word. How much of his word are you getting every day? Denise made it clear today. I feel it in my spirit. I have not even spoken with the woman of God, but there is change on the horizon. The Holy Spirit is shifting some things. And he confirmed it by her speaking when she spoke today. So when he shifts, are you shifting? Are you ready to shift, ladies? Are you ready to go to the next level? We have been in the wilderness, in this thing together for seven and a half months. It's time to go to the next place. Are you coming and are you equipped? Ladies, how many of you have went back and replayed any of these messages? They're available, not only on Facebook, they're available on anywhere podcast streams. Are you feeding yourself the word of God? Even if you're not just reading it on your own, are you taking time to go back and to get these nuggets that God has delivered to you personally? This is a personal invitation, you guys. We've had a date with our Lord God every morning for the last seven and a half months, Monday through Friday, 530 sharp. He's chosen to meet with you. You. Who is man that he think of us in such a magnificent way that he would care so much to get up and to deposit these nuggets of wisdom in us so that we can have a better life, so that we can have a productive marriage, so we could be healthy, so we could be whole, so we can help other women? Who are you helping? Each one help one. When you get some nuggets and you get some strength and you get some skills, you're supposed to be able to go help another sister and bring her along. Who are you bringing along? Who are you helping? Are you even able to help? Or are you just playing with this thing and showing up, listening to it, and then going to live anyhow? Still responding to your husband anyhow? Still showing up in your house anyhow? If you won't change, change starts with this. 
whether your husband's home or not, change starts with you. In this thing, this walk called salvation, it says each one needs to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. This is not just about a happy marriage. This is not just about a content household. This is about your salvation. How are you looking? You gonna make it in? Barely? Or are you going in full force, flying colors? I'm going in. It ain't easy, but I'm going in with full colors flying. With Jesus leading. I don't know no other way to live but to depend on him. And ladies, let me tell you, if you haven't found yourself in either one of these positions, I could tell you that you probably are the prodigal. If you didn't see yourself in either one of these positions, either the father or the, the prodigal son or the prodigal younger son, then it just might be that you are the prodigal. You should have been able to identify yourself in one of the three characters that was discussed today. And if you're not in a position of the father with compassion to receive your loved one with open arms, full of compassion, not holding their wrongs against them, then you need to go back and spend time with God and ask him to uproot anything that's inside of you. You need to go back and ask God to heal those broken things that are down inside of you because just maybe there's still some pain there. And that's okay because God says, I can heal that too. He says, give it to me. I can heal that too. That's not too hard. For we know that Matthew 19, 26 tells us that, but Jesus looked at them and he said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Trust the Lord, trust him. There's nothing too hard for him. There's not a heart that is as stony as the hardest rocket ever made that he cannot make and transition back into a heart of flesh. There's not a wayward person that has gone away too far that he cannot draw them back unto himself. He is a healer. He is a deliverer. He came to set the captives free. And he gave us that same authority. He gave us that same power but in order for us to operate in that authority and in that power, one, we first have to recognize that we have it. Two, we have to make sure that our heart posture is right. And three, we have to know how to activate it. Activate it. The Lord is with you. We will remain open, full of compassion as the heart of God is towards us, we will offer that same heart towards those that he've called us to, even the most difficult people. 
forgive. I hear forgive, forgive, forgive. Somebody needs to forgive. Don't let the enemy hold you back. Don't let him hold you back. God has so much more for you. He's trying to get you somewhere. Give that pain to Jesus. Give the betrayal to Jesus. Give the hurt to Jesus. He's more than able to deal with it. He's more than able and capable of handling it. Trust him. But don't you remain a prodigal. Because he's called us up out of that. Because he needs us to pray and to intercede on the behalf of his prodigals. He's never stopped loving them. Somebody needs to know that. He's never stopped loving them. He's never stopped loving you. So we can't stop loving them either. We can't stop loving them. We can't stop believing God for them. The father knew that his son was gone. And during the time that his son was away, I'm sure he got word of what he was doing. How else would he know that he was squandering on his money and using it on prostitutes? You think God don't know what we're doing? You think he don't see what we're doing? There's nothing hid by God. Even what they doing. There's nothing hid. That didn't stop the father from embracing his son with compassion, full of compassion, not just some compassion, but he was full of compassion. Are you full of compassion? Our heart's got to be full of compassion. His heart is full of compassion for you, for me, for them. Let's imitate our father right. Let's be imitators of Christ. Let's show up well for him. Let's stand well. Let's intercede well. Let's not let the enemy take us off of our platform. Stand, stand strong, knowing that this is what pleases the Father. And ladies, if I can't tell you anything, and I'm closing, anything else, apply the word. Ladies, apply the word. Whatever situation you got going on in your life, read this word. Keep your eyes on the prize. Don't look at your situation. Don't look at the circumstances. Trust God. Trust him. Read. Study. Show yourself approved. I can sit here, woman of God, Denise can sit here. All of the other great women can come every day. We can come here seven days, not even five days. Every morning we can show up here. It won't make a difference in your house, in your life, unless you apply it. Are you applying it? If we was to stop today, would you fall off? Or would you be able to take the tools that the Lord has given you the last seven and a half months and be able to pick up 
and run with it. That's what the Lord wants us to do. Take all of these nuggets. I pray you got journals. If you don't have the Wives Who War journal, I pray you go to Ross and get you a journal. Go to Dee's, get you a journal. Go to the Dollar Tree. How about that? Get you a journal. Start writing your notes, the nuggets, the things that God has said. Yes, he spoke through Serena. Yes, he spoke through Denise. Yes, he spoke through T. Yes, he spoke through the women of God. But it wasn't us that was speaking. We were just obedient vessels and allowed him to speak through us. So now look past Serena and hear the Lord speak to you. The Lord dropped these nuggets on you today. Shwamika dropped them nuggets on you yesterday. No, it wasn't her. It was the Lord using Shwamika yesterday. Did you get them nuggets? Because last I checked, anybody important talking to me, I take notes. Anything important to me, I need to documentate. Just so I don't forget it. If my mind ain't going to remember it, I need to write it down. Well, how many times you don't have a conversation in a meeting with the Holy Spirit and you ain't wrote down what he said? Jesus, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. This is what we're doing every day, y'all. We showing up to meet him. Are you writing and have you been writing down what he's been telling you? It's not just to show up. It's to make you better. He's developing you. Priscilla, he's developing you. Patricia, he's developing you. Antoinette, he's developing you. Janelle, you guys, he's developing us. Are you allowing him to truly develop us in the full totality of what he desires? By just applying yourself with a willing and open heart, saying, Lord, not my will, but your will. Not my will, but your will. Lord, I don't want to be here. Can I just be honest for one second? One second on Monday, I wanted to quit. And I give God the glory that it was only one second. Because as quick as that thought came in my mind, why am I even showing up? Why am I still standing? I quickly said, Lord, not my will, but your will. This ain't about me and I won't be shaken and I won't be moved and I won't look at what I'm seeing because the Lord already pre-warned me. Don't be moved by what you see, but that's because I'm in his presence. That's because I'm his child and I know his voice. He says, my sheep hears my voice and they know it and they will respond and another voice they will not respond to. I know his voice because I sit with him. Do you know his voice? That's how I wasn't moved. That's how I didn't quit. That's how I didn't allow the enemy to even infiltrate my brain or even give me negative thoughts. I took that thought captive immediately and I applied the word of God to it. Are you able to do that? When the enemy attacking, not after the fact, but at that moment, are you able to combat the enemy defensively? Not offensively. There it is. Show up. Don't be a prodigal praying for a prodigal. 
we are imitators of Christ. And God opens his arms and receives us with compassion. So we need to have the same heart as our Father in heaven. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you for this time in your presence. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us and teaching us today on what it is to be a prodigal and what it is to have a heart such as yours. So, Lord, I thank you that your heart is full of compassion. I thank you, Lord God, that there's nothing that we can say, do, or even think that will draw you away from us. I thank you, Lord God, that you said that you would never leave or forsake us. I thank you, Lord God, that even in our wayward days, even when we've taken the things that you've given us and we've mishandled all of the treasures that you've given us, Lord God, even from our financial stability, Lord God, and our financial resources down to our family members, down to our own mental capacity, Lord God, when we've mishandled anything that you've given us, have mercy. Have mercy upon us, Lord God. Forgive us, for we have come short of your glory. Lord, we have said things. We have done things. We have thought things that were displeasing unto you. We have turned our backs on the prodigals. We ourselves have found ourselves in the position of being a prodigal. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for not turning your back on. I thank you for not walking away from us. I thank you, Lord God, for even giving us revelation today on how to properly stand for our prodigals that you've called us to. Thank you, Lord God, that we're accepting them with compassion. Thank you that we're finding ourselves back in your house, Lord God, full of compassion, full of love, full of forgiveness, Lord God, that we will not hold on to any bitterness, that we will not hold on to any unforgiveness. Lord, anything that we may have esteemed above you and made it an idol, we renounce it right now. We repent, Lord God, from making anything, even our husbands, even ourselves, our jobs, our children, Lord God, our desires, whatever it may be, have mercy upon us, Lord God, for you are our Lord. And you deserve all the glory, all the praise and all the honor. And there is none above you not in the earth, not above the earth, not beneath the earth. You are the one and true, only wise God, our living God, our merciful God. And we love you. We bless you. We honor you. Lord, there is none like you in all of the earth. So we thank you for not allowing us to remain prodigals. We thank you for drawing our prodigals back to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for healing. We thank you for restoration. We thank you now, Lord God, that you are doing what only you can do. And that's be God and be great because you are great. You're magnificent in all of your ways. There's no failure in you. So we thank you that we can find ourselves in you. We thank you that we can come home to you and we can find ourselves in your house, in your presence. Lord, draw us closer to you. Every person under the sound of my voice, I declare and decree will have a hunger that will overwhelm them to read the word, to spend time in your presence, Lord God. Overwhelm us. Overwhelm us with your presence. Overwhelm us with your revelation. Overwhelm us, Lord God. Allow our hearts to desire more and more and more and more of you every day that we will not be able to get enough of you. Lord God, and then allow everything that you pour into us to be poured out. Don't allow us to hold on to it, but allow us to be able to help one. For you said iron sharpens iron. 
Lord, allow us to help someone else out of the pit. Allow us to encourage someone else with the word of God. Allow us to show up well so that they can see you in us. For it's not us, but it's you that we desire for people to see. So we thank you for showing up in each and every one of us. Thank you for directing our steps. Thank you for ordering our steps. Thank you for doing things that only you can do. All those things that are impossible with man, you say they are possible with you. So we stand on your word and we thank you for doing the impossible. We thank you for moving those hard things out of the way. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for covering us, Lord God. Go with us, protect us, and keep us as we go about our day today. Draw us closer, keep us near, and allow us to please you with our actions, with our words, with the posture of our hearts, and with our deeds. And we'll be careful to give you the glory, the praise, and the honor because you alone deserve it. You alone deserve it, Lord. Allow us to remain in a position of worship today as we honor you for allowing us another day in the land of the living. And we bless you. In Jesus Christ's name, we seal this prayer. Amen. Amen. What a powerful word. It was tight, sis, but it was right. I found myself saying, ooh, ouch, a whole bunch of times. Um, full transparency, y'all. I don't have it together. Um, I, I, I need y'all to make hear me and hear me well. I fall just like you fall. I make mistakes just like you make mistakes. This is simply a platform, and the platform doesn't say I'm holy. Come on. Come on. The platform is just a space for us to gather together for one purpose, and that is to seek God. Yes. Doesn't mean that I'm holy, doesn't mean that I'm righteous, doesn't mean that I have it all together. I make mistakes too. I have walked through the hallways not speaking to my husband just like you have, right? We have had major blowups and, and disagreements, but God. So I need to make sure that we take that off the shelf and don't allow me to be your God. Come on. Come on. I don't want to be your little G and I don't want to be your big G. I just want to be Denise, your sister. One who will fight with you in the trenches. One that will you could call and she'd be like, yeah, nope. Did you put a word on it? That one. I don't want to be anything but that. Period. Yes, the atmosphere is changing. What will it look like? I don't know. I'm waiting on God because I would be remiss to move outside of him. If he says, daughter, this is the race I've put you on. I need you to stay. Then I'm gonna have to figure it out. But if he says, I need you to go right, I'm going right. If he tells me I need to go left, 
I'm going left. Right. If he tells me to hold. Remember that song that said freeze? Was that Rick James that said freeze? Listen, then y'all better freeze. I'm just saying. Um, here's what came to me as you were talking. And I need you all to repeat after me. A prayer for a change of heart. Prepare the way. And this is Luke 3, 4 through 6. Let me read the scripture. It says, prepare the way of the Lord. Make a straight path for God. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hills shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. God of love, take my heart and change it. Take what is rough in me and let it become gentle. Take my fear and let it become wonder. Take my anger and let it become sorrow. Take my grief and let it become compassion. Take my dis discouragement and let it become acceptance. Take my doubt and let it become courage. Take my hurt and let it become forgiveness. Take my not knowing and let it become faith. Take my self-centeredness and let it become love. Take my broken heart and let it become my strength. Take my life, oh God, and let it become yours. Why? Because I want to be used. I got to be used. I want to be used yes. by you. If my heart is not in the right heart position, yes. there is nothing God will do in and through me. Nothing. Stay in a place of pliability where God can easily ply, manipulate, move you. I was watching AGT and they have these contortionists on there last night. I just want to be a contortionist for God. Yes. Where he can break me and make me and mold me. Yes. He can twist this arm over here if he says twist it. Or he can pull my leg up over me if he needs to. I just want to be a contortionist. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. For God. Usable. Pliable. Breakable, mendable, yes. moldable, yet fixable yes, by him. Yes. God, if there's anything yes. in my heart anything. that is not of you, God, pull it out at the root. Anything. Pull it out at the root. Anything. Anything. So that it no longer is attached to me. And then, God, I ask that you use some Roundup. <laughs> Come on. As weed killer. Yes, Lord. For the weeds that have taken root in me. Kill them. So that they don't turn around and grow back up. You know, the weeds that just keep popping up in the yard, although you've pulled them. You just keep pulling and you just keep pulling till you find the right ingredient that you can spray on that and get to the root 
That's what I need God to do in me because I'm not perfect. By any stretch of the matter, I am not perfect. Luke 3, 4 through 6. I'll post it. Um, so um, thank you, Serena, for your heart. Thank you for your heart's posture. Thank you for having an ear to hear and a heart and a willingness and a boldness to speak what God told you to speak. It's not by happenstance. It's not by happenstance. Um, it's not by happenstance. We get so caught up in lifing that we forget God. We forget God. We forget where he's brought us from. We forget how good he's been. We forget how good he is now, despite what it looks like. Yes. He woke you up. If you don't have a dollar to your name, he woke you up. But yet we're focused on the lack of when we should be focused on the fullness of. Don't get so caught up in lifing that you forget God. Whatever life looks like for you, God. Whatever life is taking you through, God. The same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's a wonder in my soul. He's a wonder in my soul. Yes, he is. When I look back and wonder how I made it over. Thank you, Nobody Jesus. But God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can I just say that, like you too, Denise, I'm not perfect. The lessons and the boldness that come across is because God has been bold with me first. Because I've had to get the lesson first. The material, the material that he's given me to share with you ladies has been first for Serena. Yeah. Serena's had to apply it in my own life, in my own circumstance. Yeah. And that's how I'm able to show up. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I'm able to show up yeah. is because I've applied it. Yeah. I've applied it. Yeah. I got one more thing before I leave today. The word for today is Isaiah 7 and 9. And it says simply, if you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. That's it. So stand firm in your faith. For if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. At all. Go with God. Be great today, remembering everything that he's done for you. Don't forget where you come from. It's the forgetting where you come from when you lose your heart of compassion. If he delivered you from something, if he kept you from something or someone, you better think about it and then share. Come on. How he did it. 
how he kept you, how he preserved you. Don't forget where you come from. And don't think it was that long ago. Come on. It could be 20 years, but that wasn't long ago. It could be 50 years, but that wasn't that long ago. That same mercy and that same grace and that same love and that same compassion that those people and God showed you is literally what Serena is talking about today. Don't forget. Don't forget. If you forget, he going to put you back through and then remind you and you're going to find yourself in wilderness time after time after time. Don't forget. Love you all. Have an amazing day. Tomorrow we'll be on with our sister, Takia. We're rounding out the week with me. I look forward to seeing you all on tomorrow morning. Should the Lord say the same, go in grace. Have an amazing day. God bless you, ladies. <laughs>